0: back to episode 20 from the three guys here at Wax Pet. Really cool. The world is in the middle of a pandemic crisis, uh, and even more seriously, it's been revealed tonight that Dan Hewitt drinks Dr. Pepper, so that's quite a startling revelation for me and has hurt me to the core of my, my soul. But anyway, right, episode 20, what have we been up to since we last got together, which was uh, just post-Super Bowl a couple of months ago? Let's start with the legend Dr. Pepper drinking Dan Hewitt himself.
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't been buying as much due to uh, due to COVID nineteen. I've been trying to be a little bit, a little bit more careful with the with the money. Um, I started a little challenge. Um, I don't know if any of you watch Mitch Moth's YouTube. Um, LDN cards, if anybody's interested, um, a little flipping challenge on uh, on check out my cards. I think I've got about ten cards, all sorts of sport. I've been at it three weeks. I haven't sold anything yet, so it's going really well. It's going really well. <laughs> um, but I've, I've more been doing that just to just to keep me eyeing until until things pick back up again. Really,
0: you not picked anything else up? Uh, no eBay buyers or?
1: I haven't. I haven't. I've bought nothing off eBay. Um, I have been entering some breaks, but um, Steve has neglected to pull me anything for about six months now. I think. I, I was in the, uh, was in the case break of the black gold. I didn't watch the last two boxes because I watched the first eight and I didn't even, I don't think he even got a base code. So I haven't watched the last two. I'll, I'll just see what turns up, which when it's nothing, won't be a surprise will it. <laughs> exactly. But see, as you told
0: us a couple of minutes ago before we started recording, that you've not been dressed for a week because you're working from home. That's correct, yes.
1: That's correct. That's so I no, to when, you say, when you say not dressed, I have had like, I call them house pants, but they're basically pajama bottoms. And T-shirt, that's as, that's as dressed as I get in my slippers. Good Lord. Do you want another revelation similar to the Dr. Pepper? Yeah, go on. I've sampled this week peanut butter and jelly. Mm. Oh. And, oh, oh, it's an absolute taste sensation. Taste sensation.
0: I can't do peanut butter, it's just... I don't mind peanuts, but peanut butter
1: is just... Oh. Peanut no, butter, man. jam, lather it all over your toast. Oh, that's brilliant what a way to start the day I'm going to come out of uh, I'm going to come out of Covid-19 weighing about 30 stone as well so so
0: you're going to lose a
1: couple then (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: yeah okay Ryan what have you been up to mate
2: yeah um, bits and pieces I think Um, got back into the breaks um, hit a few cards a couple of uh, rookies um, that just got drafted Uh, uh, one Derek Henry um in a RAS, so that was uh, encased, scripted signatures, so that's a rookie card, and then I went to hell for leather at the weekend, trying to get um, Darrington Evans cards, which um, I've done very well at, I'm just missing a prism, but I'm waiting for a nice prism, so I might get a, a red, white and blue, I think, of, uh, of his.
0: Okay any other bits we know we're going to cover the draft later on in this episode but you put together a massive big board for everyone that was on the the draft chat myself included Yeah, which must have taken quite a few hours was it 270 players you yeah,
2: yeah so I do a draft board every year and it's not like a one grade I literally put a lot of information into it scouting information stats everything into it Um, this is the biggest one I've ever done normally do I did 100 last year so this was like a full on um, 260 prospects um, graded. So, um, so yeah, that that does take a long time. It start. I usually start um, late January, and then it picks up. Excellent stuff.
0: Well, as we said, we'll be moving on to the uh, last weekend's draft. Uh, me and Ryan will we'll talk about it, and Dan will sit there and uh, and drink Dr Pepper.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mute for most of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: all good. Yeah, well, since we last got together, um, prison draft picks came out. I invested in a, a whole box that was broken for me by the guys that at Sportsbox Breaks in the States. I uh, only paid 130 for that. And now, as you know, we were chatting earlier, I think sealed boxes of that now going for $300 a time. So pulled a few writers out of that. Um, I prospected a little bit on a couple of quarterbacks, Uh been a Washington Huskies fan, uh, I've got a few Jacob Eason cards. He's been drafted by uh, Indianapolis now, so a couple of years sitting behind Philip Rivers. Probably a good place for him to be, so I've got a few of his cards. Picked him up at a, kind of the sweet spot. Prism draft comes out four weeks before uh, the actual draft itself. First two weeks, you get the major rush, and then there's the sweet spot of the two weeks before the draft happens where you can try and pick cards up. Trying to do the uh, rainbow of Hunter Bryant, the Huskies tight end who was uh, expected to go anywhere between the second and fourth round, and he's ended up going as an undrafted free agent to Detroit because of probably medical concerns. Um, there's supposed to be 16 colors in the prism rainbow this year. Looked at about three of the checklists and they had all the different variations if you wanted to, to do your rainbow. And there's a Showed you guys, it's like where on earth does this color come from? Because that's not listed anywhere. There's about two colors that weren't listed on there that suddenly just popped up on eBay. So I think I'm only there's two variations of one one, two black one on ones, neither have, have appeared anywhere on eBay yet. If I can get one, it'd be really good. If not, it's not in the world. I think all I'm missing now is the gold cracked ice out of seven, and the rest of it, then I'm I'm done on that. So that's something to chase. Um, other than that, no, I got my Jissy uh, box sent over two three weeks ago. It was nice to go through all that and finally get all my bits and pieces here. Had a nice sort out through the cards. Uh, plenty more in the account now, which I'll probably leave over there for another month or 2 and see what's going. So, yeah, that's me. Uh, we'll move on to news now. And before our first news item, just want to say a big hello to our to our new audience, the uh, crackhead stripper audience that we've <laughs> we've picked up in the last few weeks. They're probably listening now. <laughs> nice of you to join us and come with the nice comments. It's, it's always appreciated that you enjoy my work. <laughs> right then, news items. We called it uh, on our last episode, or even the one before that, with Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. We predicted. Dan, fill us in on that, mate.
1: Yeah, um, we were we were. We not we spent an episode knocking about where uh, where Tom Brady could land, and we brought it up and said that Tampa Bay was uh, entirely a feasible place for him to land, um, given the the sort of building blocks they'd already got in place and, and around him and what have you. Obviously he's landed there now, and uh, Gronk's joined him. They, yeah, they seem to be making a bit of a, a boom or bust run at it this this season. I dare say I, I think it, it, it literally is Super Bowl or bust for them, isn't it? ryan what
2: do you think mate yeah i mean why not um obviously bucks are going for broke now and uh, I, it, yeah it's just uh you know it's obviously a bit of a victory for for the wax team that we called it but um yeah it'd be a very interesting season with him there like see how he does i mean they've got plenty of weapons um so yeah it was great and i've gone coming back to the nfl i mean uh it's good for the nfl isn't it um to have him back and um I just, I just hope that he goes out on a high and doesn't get injured or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that he went out in such a good way. So, um, But no, it's all good.
0: is not it been about near enough two seasons now since Gronk's played? Because he missed, he missed all of last season because he, he retired. And was well, the season before, didn't he get injured before the end of the season? So, I don't know. I think Brady going to Tampa Bay, the last two years, he has deteriorated quite a lot. And everyone putting Tampa Bay up as like the second or third favorite to the NFC now. I think it's it, it's wishful thinking. So from a hobby point of view, obviously it's going to make Tampa Bay very expensive in breaks um, this season when all the cars come out. Uh, but it's nice to see a lot of the Patriots fans completely jumping ship and and detesting Brady now, but which is <laughs> always a bit a bit of entertainment for us. But anyway, let's move
1: on there. I don't uh, just just before we go, just before we go, I don't think we've seen it yet. In terms of any big sales, but um, be interesting to see what it does now to his card prices. Oh yeah, whether or not, not his, his Patriots prices—not so much as his, obviously his, his, his rookie cards will stay where they were. But in terms of his just a, just a normal any other year auto when they didn't win a Super Bowl or whatever, be interesting to see if they take any any sort of dip.
0: I think the Tampa Bay cards will probably be higher than we were predicting when we did that Revelation episode. We want to call it. Because anyone that's got a Tom Brady PC that is investing, you will need a Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay uniform to make your your set complete to put more value on it, won't
1: you? You'd think so, yeah. And as well, I mean, I know he's I think I don't know is he signed a two-year deal? I yeah, I literally think that's got twelve months legs. I, I can't I can't see him being there for for two years. So I dare say that you could end up with. Potentially, this could be your only years worth of, uh, of Brady cards. In, I in think it's two. Cards. Is it two years, fifty million,
0: fully guaranteed, just t- straight twenty-five million each year?
1: So that's decent contract, yeah.
0: So there's no point in them in them at the end of the year cutting him
1: because he, he, he's Tom Brady. Who else should have put in there? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't see them. I don't see them cutting him. I just don't think. I, don't, I just don't see him playing the year after. I think he no. will from me.
0: It would be good if he did play the year after because the year after, uh, after this season coming, Tampa Bay have got New England on their schedule. So that would obviously be a great game to see Brady face the Patriots. So That's he'll hang great. around for that. That's true. That's true. Definitely hang around for that. Right, let's uh, move on. Oh, excuse me, banging my pen against the waste paper basket here. <laughs> anyway, we're not as professional as we used to be. But anyway, let's, let's move on. We're in the realms of a a pandemic, so let's all just chill out, relax, and drink Dr. Pepper in our (laughs) pyjamas. Right, big news from uh, Panini, and uh, they have now revealed last week, in a change to their their current program they do, they were the only card company that was um, honoring expired redemptions. If your redemption had expired, um, they were still accepting it and, Trying to give you a card of equal value. Uh, now they said that they're not going to do it anymore because another company does it. And also on the production front, production for all cards has now stopped because I believe that the company produces cards for every single uh, card company out there baseball, hockey, you name it, basketball, and obviously football for Panini for us, which is based in Texas, close to Panini's uh, headquarters, due to the legislation in uh, in Texas that. There's no cars being produced for the last six weeks or so and unlikely to be for the next couple of months. So that's going to put a lot of products on hold. Guys, what do we think, first of all, about Panini uh, stopping to uh, no longer honouring expired redemptions? Let's go with Ryan first this time.
2: Um, I'm just, I think it's disgusting and disgrace, to be quite frank. Um, yeah, so we're just going to get, load of cards dumped on the reward site i don't know i think that the we've already spoken a little bit about it um does this depreciate the the price of boxes particularly those boxes that we know are quite high in redemptions we already know the players that um that from from those years we should probably be tracking that maybe there's a little project for us to go and have a look at about those likely players that our redemption players that haven't um sent their cards in. The other thing they snuck out, which kind of came through on the same feed that we saw saw on Twitter, was that if you um pull a card and um it's got a fault on it, you can only get a replacement within twelve months of the release of the product. Which again was another bit of a shocker. So um it, at the moment um I, I've had to have a couple of replacements done for flawless. Um, and they were really good. They got them done, but um, things like Ding's corners um, when they come out, and I um, had a smudgy um, signature on one, and they did replace them. But now um, they will not replace any card if the product is older than twelve months. So you know, just more shit from Panini, to be quite frank.
0: It's not like they're not making a fortune off it. <laughs> I mean, they're making. Their prices must have gone up. We don't have to look at... We're not doing uh, previews and reviews in this episode because we've got a lot to talk about. But we don't have to look at Flawless that came out three, four weeks ago now. The price of that has just gone through the roof. And I'm sure they're making their their fair cut on that. We're looking... It used to be... uh, It was about $1,200 for a single case. Now you're looking at $4,500, $5,000 even, for the... uh, for the double case thing. So you look at $2,500 for 10 cards. Uh, the value's just not there. Whether it's more people coming to the hobby, I'm, I've kind of gone off flawless because they're not bad-looking cards. But two, three years ago, before everyone was using uh, the new mailboxes we've got out in the States and shipping their stuff over, when I was making my frequent trips out there, I was buying, sending them to a friend out in the States. Flawless autographs of maybe decent players like people like Randall Cunningham, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo and stuff. You could pick them up, like cards out of 15, cards out of 20 for like $35, 40 a time. Now, just the lowest level flawless cards are selling for about 130, 140 a time now. It's just, the price is astronomical. I just don't see how that it, it can sustain itself like that. It's just seems a waste of money to me, guys. So, yeah, and with production stopping, how do we think that's going to uh, affect the market? Let's go to our chief economist, Mr. Dan Hewitt.
1: Well, production stopping has spiked everything. I mean, not even It's just ridiculous, like the way <laughs> the way stuff's gone up, gone up price-wise, um, as you as you pointed out, your your draft box that was hundred and thirty dollars and now it's two hundred and fifty or whatever. Um, it's they always go up. We we know that, particularly in good quarterback draft years, and we've talked about it on the show many times, but with how quick they've sort of doubled in value this this time, um, due to the, the stop of productions, ridiculous. Um coming back to what Ryan touched on, I would just offer an alternate view on the fixing damaged cards. I don't have so much of an issue with them putting a timeline on that. Maybe 12 months is a bit, you know, maybe 12 months is a bit rubbish, but it's almost out of Panini's control what happens to a case of cards that they've shipped out three years later, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure I'd want to be guaranteeing something that could have changed hands. 10 times before it gets opened and you're still sticking it on you're still sort of sticking that on Panini to go and fix it um, which potentially is through no fault of their own if you know what I mean
2: Well I'm, I'm talking about cards that come out uh, that, are, that, that are defaulted you know that there's something yes. wrong with yeah, yeah. And, we, and we've no, seen uh, and we've seen this year's flawless we've seen quite a few um, patch cards for example without the patching, just like a, a blank spot <clears throat> those kind of cards normally it'd be a quick bang get it in It'll be replaced, but what they're saying is if you've got if let's say you broke um some flawless from this year in twelve months time and that happened and you opened the case up and there was a patch car without patching it, they're not going to replace it so no.
1: Yeah, I mean the ones like you, that, in that example. Yeah, I'd, I'd fully agree. I was referring more to the sort of ding corners. Um, I, the smudged auto should probably get replaced as well. It'd have been it's obviously smudged when he sound it, sounded, but um, I, I, I don't know if they can guarantee quality once it's once it's sort of left their hands, if you know what I mean. The uh, the redemptions sucks massively, massively. Uh, they haven't taken a hit yet, but what you were saying Ryan those players that we know um, I'm thinking the obvious one I'm thinking is Barkley who's one of the biggest pulls of that product year all year was a redemption except in about the first two or three products all the rest of the products all year he was a redemption so and it's now they're out of date now because they've only put two years on the cards anyway so I don't know surely that that product then takes a nosedarge because you could hit a bulk and you're not going to get it anyway
0: didn't I see somewhere um, I think it was last week when they talked about expired redemptions and the, the damage cards that on Panini's site now if you're registering is it a damaged card or one of the two that you have to say where you got the card from and if it was from a breaker which breaker and what date it was broken
2: you've always had to connection. do that
0: you've always had to do it
2: yeah yeah I did it uh do, do, do. When was my bossy? Uh Yeah, it's probably nine months ago. Um, so yeah, you, what you do is when you do your report, I put in um, where it was broke, what it was. I even put the link to the YouTube video of where the card was broken as well. Okay. It just it so, it, it just quickened for me. It quickened up quickens up the process if you can find the link to when it was broken, for example.
0: You like the thing, like. They're saying nothing over, over 12 months damage cards. But if, if you'll send it in, so you, you put a Lamar Jackson and it's, the patch is knackered in there and the corners completely scuffed up from flawless out of a break and the card is from his rookie year, those cards are now worth $4,000. If you pull that today, going to a flawless 18 break or whatever, you like to think that they will still honour that and uh, replace that. Because that's just scandalous if they don't. The high value stuff. If it's, if it's seen to come out of a box of a sealed briefcase of, that's cost $2,000 for one box, basically, now that's what it's going for, and you pull a, a wrecked card out of that, and then just washing the hands of it, basically, that's just completely out of order in my eyes. But. It's opening
1: it up to, um, I don't know what ever happened to it, but whatever to so what, what ever happened to the lawsuit about redemptions? To the what, sorry? Whatever happened to the lawsuit that was submitted to him about redemptions? No, I think that's still ongoing. That guy. Well, the, 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 this 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 surely plays right into his hands. <laughs> you know. So yeah. the, the one thing the one thing they've always had to fall back on is yeah, but we fulfill them anyway. Doesn't matter when you pull them, we'll fulfill them. So don't worry about it, kind of thing. But like all of a sudden now, that's that's got to put a massive twist on 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 that particular case. The fact that they're just washing their hands of them after two years. So you're selling something yeah. that. You're selling something that you're saying's is in there, and it's, it might, you know, essentially never is.
0: Because I'm still
1: sitting on that out of our, our mega break over here in, in the UK
0: last year. Uh, out of a 2015 Definitive, I got pulled a Russell Wilson Marshall Lynch autograph out of five. Now that, as we said at the time, would have been one of the best cards in my entire PC. I love Definitive. Uh, it's expired, tops don't fulfil rejections, as everyone's told us. But apparently there's a legal thing to that. They can't, because they no longer have the NFL licence. Even if they had the card, they couldn't give it to you because they don't have the NFL licence, apparently.
1: That's illegal. What did they do do with them, though?
0: Well, I don't know. they just throw them away.
1: Surely not. Surely you're not throwing that away, you know? I mean, uh, wow. That's that's
0: in someone's PC that, that works... Works at Tops, doesn't it? It's got to be. I, I had it stashed here, hoping to go to the National with it and try and sweet talk into, into giving me something, even if it was just a, a couple of baseball cards or something that come from it. But obviously, it looks like the National's 99% off because the uh, New Jersey the Atlantic City Convention Center It's currently a, a COVID hotel, hotel, COVID hospital in one of the major hotspots. And I can't see anyone traveling anywhere in the next six months.
1: They haven't. They haven't cancelled it, though, have they? <laughs> no. No, they the on Twitter's still saying, you know, ah, it might still We're... happen. It might still happen. I have wrote it off myself, personally, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. We've got still got
0: our booking open at the uh, at the Bates Motel, about <laughs> about fifteen
1: miles from the convention center. Sky's going to keep sending me alerts saying the flights keep getting cheaper. Which, shock.
0: <laughs> well, of course sir, Luke. I can't
1: see us being allowed into the
0: States. I don't think the is going to have fans this year for at least the first eight games. And even after that, it might be a little bit different. And with the UK government saying that anyone that goes abroad, when you come back, you have to go into 14 days quarantine in case you pick something up from abroad. I'm not quite sure how, how my, uh, my boss would be down for that if I came back from my two weeks in the States and said, by the way, I've got to have two weeks self isolating again. Although to be fair, they have been very generous with, with people at the large company that I work for, most people are aware of. And, and that's why fifty percent of the workforce there have been playing the isolation game and taking 14 days off. <laughs> when I I would I would bet I would bet my dog's life that Over half of them are are kind of faking it, but they're playing the game. That's resulted in me doing lots and lots of hours. So my card-buying budget has gone up, thanks to to that. But, yeah, the the whole thing's a mess. I can't see me going to the States at all this year, which is going to be pretty crap, really. Can't go and watch the Seahawks. Can't go and buy cards over there. Who knows what we're going to do. It looks like we might just have the the wax Lyrical Convention down at minehead buttons or something come october time but happy days just, just, make, yeah. sure
1: a, just make sure we get a make sure we got a two meter square table so we can all work
0: <laughs> how are we going to stay two meters apart when we're just getting bunk beds done <laughs> with your pajamas there'll be no dr kepp out in the room anyway so <laughs> but anyway we digress as we normally do right then final topic uh, that Ryan's going to talk us through is the Elite 11 which is going to be news to Dan for one
2: yeah, <laughs> yes so the uh, the Elite 11 is uh, basically the it's, there's lots of quarterback competitions that happen with um, high school graduate quarterbacks uh, Elite 11 is seen as that sort of premier type of competition um, that happens at regional events they get the guys together and then there's a final and then they declare an MB, MVP Um, Pretty much the who's who of of the NFL um, has gone through Elite 11. I think it was 32 with 37 starting quarterbacks last year um, had played in the Elite 11. Well, Panini have signed an exclusive deal to, we hope, to do product for Elite 11. So that's quite exciting, um, which means that we could see some product come online. I haven't seen anything else about whether that includes the 2019 Elite 11 players, which um, would really excite me, um, because uh, we've got Harrison Harrison uh, 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 Baileys, um, who probably will go and start as a freshman at Tennessee. Um, but it may be 2020, but that will be quite exciting. You could literally prospect um, right as they come out of high school Um then then, then nothing for a few years and uh, 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 and then they can hit the market so uh, I, I find that quite exciting Dan what's your views on that mate uh,
1: interested to know if um, Eli's nephew has gone through it uh, his first name his first name eludes me arch arch is his first name did he graduate? I don't know if he has graduated yet, but he's. Uh, I read an article about him oh, probably about three or four weeks ago that he's. Uh, he can't be far off because he's been he's being touted as we speak um, by colleges and basically refusing to speak to him. Because <laughs> he doesn't want the he doesn't want the hype. He's obviously going to go to college and play and play football, but he's going to make his decision when he makes his decision. Kind of thing. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want all the meetings and all the fanfare and all that sort of thing. So he, he can't be far away. If if they're doing that, I wouldn't have thought.
2: I mean, I would have thought he'll stay. He'll he'll go with the family and stay in the SEC. Um. So that'd be interesting. Okay i have to do some digging. Stuff yeah, well. definitely. Definitely.
0: Excellent stuff. One news item that we weren't listed, but I think we, we should touch on, is the, the demise of the XFL. Um, obviously, the, the COVID-19 has brought about that because there was no money coming in and most of the coaches uh, are all owed their, the majority of their salary for the XFL season. Looks like it, it's permanently shut down. Guys, we just... Touching this quickly, do we think if the COVID-19 hadn't arrived, do we think the XFL would have survived for two, three seasons? Ryan, what do you think, mate?
2: Um, it's quite difficult to say, in it? Because um, clearly, if they couldn't go without finishing the season and having the TV revenue from that, then all that stuff about half a billion dollars being in the kitty, we, we can weather any storm, was crap. Um, it's quite disappointing because it, it was pretty good. Um but um, you know, clearly it's disappointing. But I think most people would say that you cannot have a summer tier of football if it's not aligned in some way to the NFL. And I think that's that's proving to be very true.
0: Dan, did you enjoy the XFL's brief appearance?
2: I uh, I
1: did. I enjoyed watching it. I thought some of the rule changes were uh, were quite good. I enjoyed the the one, two, three extra point thing. Um uh, there, was, there was parts of it there were parts of it I thought were really good, and I think the NFL could potentially look at look at some of the things um some of the things they were doing, particularly with the clock. Um, but yeah, like Ryan said, it, 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 it's hard to believe that from everything they were saying, they couldn't have just seen the season out. you know I mean, as, as far as I'm aware, the players weren't guaranteed anyway. Um, from what I was reading about some players' contracts, they were literally pay as you uh, pay as you play. Um, so the players were all who you presume would be the biggest earners were all knocked on the head anyway. Um, so th- <laughs> the wage bill can't have really been that extraordinary that you could keep it going for for one half a season without the television rounds It's a shame, but it feels like if that was if if that's all it took for that to happen, then it was never going to last very long. Anyway,
0: there is some XFL hobby product out there. What was the price you were talking about earlier then? Well, somebody
1: said seventy-five. Was yeah, it seventy-five seven, dollars?
2: Sixty-nine ninety-five, I think it was. <laughs> are those are those just blasters? Are they with one auto
1: per box or? Um,
2: just give me two tickety boots I moves. think
1: that they were hobby boxes. They did yeah, hobby
2: hobbies. Boxes. Hobby boxes, sixty-nine ninety-five.
0: Well, you never know. It might be worth investing in a couple of seal boxes in case someone from there does break out. If Mahomes goes down, there's always a chance that Ryan's love child will will step in next year.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'll get it right in the end. We'll be sat here in a few years' time, and there we like Ryan told you, Jordan to Amu, name for the future. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right. When we talk, we move on from Ryan's love child to the NFL draft, which is his full-time baby almost right draft went past um uh, this past weekend Thursday Friday and Saturday three-day event obviously due to the pandemic it was a virtual online experience guys how do we think that went down this year let's start with uh, the draft nick himself Mr. Slaughter
2: um, I thought it went really, really well. Um, I think uh, everybody, you know, clubbed together. It was really great just sort of seeing, um, like I said, the GMs and coaches, maybe not my, uh, very broad, <laughs> um, uh, they're, you know, behind closed doors, kind of felt quite a community feel. I think the only thing that ruined it for me was the ESPN coverage. I thought that was terrible. Um, I think if you've got some really good guys that know what they're talking about in terms of prospects, been really impressed with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks over the last... Um, nine months, um, really, really good, and and you just you underutilize them. So apart from the ESPN coverage, um, uh, it was really good.
0: Dan, what did you think of the uh, online experience?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, yeah, apart from the razzmatazz of it being on a stage, I, th- I think it it did exactly what it needed to, and what it does every other year. It's you know, it's quite exciting. It was nice. It was it was, it was nice to see. The emotion with the family members, actually, from the players and, and stuff, because normally when they're sitting in the green room, they can only have x amount of people there or whatever. It was nice to nice to see him to to, to see him having those reactions. Um, there was
0: supposed to be a limit of six people per household, but
1: yeah, some of so them many people, 20.
0: yeah, so that's <laughs> 20, they're all jumping up and down and trying to hide. I think it was interesting from the point of view from the, from the first draft pick when I went to, to Joe Burrow's mum mum dad's house. It was like something out of 1975. It was <laughs> cheap, tacky curtains, battered old sofa. When he gets his signing bonus, I'd like to think they might be updating that a little. So, awful house. <laughs> awful decor, but anyway, that's the snob. And it was good to see. It was a good experience. Um, watching it on, on Skype was the, the ESPN kind of feed. Went on to Bleacher Report, tried to pair them up at the same time. Uh, the last couple of years has been quite good because the draft experts were tipping picks about two minutes before they were being announced. They stopped them doing that. But with the virtual thing, it seemed to go back to people tipping the picks. So if you didn't want to know who was being picked, then you had to stay off Twitter and stay off because things were coming out. And I like to just see the announcement and and see what what's going on. Uh, Roger Goodall looked absolutely shattered by the end of the second round. I was hoping he was going to do the entire entire draft from his basement and, and finish up dressed as Dan is now in, in slippers and <laughs> pyjama bottoms with pot noodle stains all down them. So, but yeah, no, it, it was a good experience. Uh, the Rasmataz is a bit OTT. I went to the draft in 2001 in, in, in uh, New York. I wasn't drafted, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> still too old even back then. Uh, but that was a great experience. It was just players coming on stage, holding up the jersey sh- shaking hands with Paul Tagliabue as it was then, and then just walking off. Not as much razzmatazz as now, but no, it was great. The NFL got got slated six, seven weeks ago, they announced the draft was going on, but it's been a really good distraction for for everybody. The TV ratings went through. It was about 16 million, the TV ratings, and the previous highest was about 12 million. So it was a great escape for everyone, sports fans. Everyone had something for a week, two weeks to really look into and look, to look forward to so it's was, it was a great escape right let's move on to uh, how our teams did in the draft uh, Dan how did your Giants fare? Well
1: as long as I've been a Giants fan we've always gone with the approach of we we take the best on our board irrelevant of who we've got playing for us what positions we, we need players in they've always gone down the route of He's the best player on our board, so therefore we'll, we'll have him, which is very much a sort of square pegs into round holes um, sort of thing. Yeah, I presume it works all right if you're the Patriots and you've got you you've got the sort of the building blocks already there, but we've got that many holes that we need to fill specifically. <laughs> it just it just hasn't worked for years and years, and uh, I know people get on to to get on them, but. Um, one thing he's probably done is he hasn't drafted badly the past the past couple of seasons. I was uh, I was reasonably impressed. We filled we filled holes that needed needed addressing and have probably needed addressing for four or five years if not more. Um, so yeah, I've got you. Who
0: were your first few picks then, Dan? Refresh the non Giants
1: fans. No, now you're asking, aren't you? We picked, um, picked an offensive lineman whose name I don't know. Then we oh. picked a safety. Whose name I don't know. <laughs> Go on, film me in, Ryan. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, Andrew Thomas. Um, yes. Really, really good pick. Um, Xavier McKinney, again, really going to knock that one out of the park. Matt Pert, um, who I really liked as well um, in the third round. Um, and I, quite, I liked Shane Lameau, uh the guard out of Oregon, he picked up in the fifth round. The rest of it...
1: Like I say, it was the, it was... It was positions that needed filling, for sure. And, and, and this time it felt like we got it done. Um, I spoke to a Giants fan um, a couple of nights ago, and, and we were saying that even the season as good as they've been, even the season we picked up OBJ, what, was he really what we needed at the time? We'd got Victor Cruz, and you know, um, we've got other options. When we picked up Barkley, was he really the player we needed to pick up in that position? As good as he is, and as nice as it is to have him, potentially we could have we could have filled filled our draft uh, our roster spots better. and um, Use them picks wiser for me, and I think we've done that this year, and we've, uh, I think we we started last year as well.
0: Okay, I'll chime in with the Seahawks perspective before we go to Ryan, the expert on on all things draft, so he can. Reveal what he thought of the Titans and Slate, my and and Dan's teams for. <laughs> the um, from a Seahawks point of view, I think on the college forum, me and Ryan were chatting a few hours before the draft. I penciled in quite a few players I I thought the Seahawks would draft. I know the traits that they draft. I know what they look for, and obviously we didn't draft any of them at all, <laughs> which is which is the Seahawks way. We drafted a middle linebacker in the first round because. There were no teams wanting to trade up. Green Bay traded up uh, one spot in front of us when they had a deal lined up uh, for us to pick up more picks, which is this is only the first time the Seahawks have picked their original pick in the first round since 2011. So, yeah, picked up middle linebacker uh, Jordan Brooks, uh, Texas Tech guy. Seems a good player, but was it a position of need? Probably not. And then we picked up uh, Daryl Taylor, defensive end from. I think Juco school, aren't they, Tennessee?
2: <laughs> 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 Sleeping Giants.
0: Yeah, it's nice to pick up. <laughs> hey, hey, look, that's quite good. Got, got some upside. And From a hobby perspective, we picked up uh, a running back in the fourth round called DJ Dallas, which is quite a, a fascinating name. And we picked up a receiver in the sixth or seventh round, Colby uh, uh, Parkinson, fourth round giant six or seven tight end from Stanford. So from a hobby perspective, I can see the Seahawks being extremely reasonably stroke cheap, cheap to buy in, in breaks coming up this year because there's no big names coming out of there. There's no DK Metcalf. There's no backup quarterbacks coming out there. So yeah, overall, I was quite happy with the draft. A lot of the draft experts have rated the Seahawks in like the bottom five. But back in 2012, Seals were graded f by lots of people and the first three picks that year were bruce Irving, bobby wagner and russell wilson that's probably the best draft any team has had in the last 20 years those three picks alone so so yeah quite happy and happy that uh, i won't be going bankrupt when the new products come out later this year ryan tell us all about your titans and uh, how you feel good
2: yeah i mean they're pretty much um it it, it... It was even Stevens. Um, it was as good as it could be. Um, you always want it to be a little bit better, but we did what we needed to do. Um, Isaiah Wilson in the first round, it, it, you know, might not be the most technically dynamic tackle in the draft, but for the position, you know, he's big, he's a mauler, and you know, he's just going to create those running lanes for us to steam Henry through, and um, and that's what was that's what was needed. Christian Fulton. Um, I think I wrote a piece yesterday about you know we won't know about Christian Fulton or or Grant Delpit because w- did something happen within the DB section at LSU? Yeah, they won the national championship, but something really wasn't quite right because you had two players that really were going into the 2019 season who were first round first round graded you know players and very very poor. So um, hopefully he bounces back. Um, Darrington Evans, basically we drafted. Um, he, running back out of app state we drafted him and i was really happy because he was kind of like just outside my sort of top six seven running backs um so i was delighted because he's literally just a downhill runner but also he's probably the out of the sort of top 10 running backs probably second or third best receiver as well so he'll be he'll be very very useful um Com donald out of Hawaii, quarterback. We needed to get a quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you know, if you're picking in the seventh round, you really and they end up playing a game, then you've done pretty well because you know seventh round, you're just looking at players to stock up on practice squads and whatnot. You're not really looking at um, first team production. So, uh, you know, you know, it's not like a a, 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 a draft that's going to start. You know lighting everybody up and getting everybody excited. It was just sort of filling some needs that we had on the team.
0: <clears throat> so you will seem quite in the, uh, in the relatively pleased on the, on the low level time will tell.
2: Yeah. It's, it I think a lot of, you know, and it's a bit like with, with in some respects, I think it's very much like the, the way that the Seahawks draft Brian is that, okay, there's not a lot of flash there. Um, and people would say that you know certain players were very were overdrafted, but but I think that's more on the back end. But um, but you you got players that you needed in the positions you needed. Um, you know, like I said, Darrell Taylor, our bat for all day. Um, you know, I think he was he was outstanding for us, and and he's got that character thing, and I think that's what the Seahawks were looking at. You know, he's got a, you know he's a fantastic leader, so he'll he's not going to. He's not going to end up being a player that you probably go second contract who he's going to be like the most expensive edge in, in the NFL. He's not. He's just going to be a good, solid professional and he'll probably be in the NFL for, 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 for a decade. But, you know, um, so that was a good pick-up, I thought. And DJ Dallas, I thought that was a really nice pick-up. DJ Dallas didn't really take off too much at Miami. There were some issues around that, but I thought that was a sneakily, sneakily okay pick and a position of need, obviously, clearly for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I think one of the reviews they said he did quite well, but he was he was run behind an actually abysmal offensive line down in Miami, which prepares him coming to scale. Mm. <laughs> so, although in the last hour, you remember know, last night the silks we released. Uh, DJ Fluke has gone, and Justin Britt, the center, who's been like the mainstay there for the last uh, six, seven years, which has cleared about twelve and a half million in cap room for us, mm. which could mean that the uh, the Jadavion Clowney sweepstakes finally come to end. I think it's between the Titans, Seahawks and the Cleveland Browns who's going to sign him.
2: Yeah, and right now, I mean, I've been checking Twitter as we've been recording, there's not a lot of optimism in the Titans camp. Really? So we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, Cleveland have got got a lot of cat room. Our our pass rush, I'm not really sure how it's going to be good this year, but we'll, we'll be better defensively than we were last year and that's what matters. I would have liked to have seen See us go early doors round one or two with like a, a big flashy receiver, and puts over the top because that's like the strong point at the moment. you have got you've got Metcalf, you've got Tyler
2: Lockett.
0: If we had one more a Yak receiver, yards after catch like Brandon Ike or Jaden mm. Riga, those are the two that I sort of have my little draft crush on. Yeah, definitely. And so it, and it's always nice to see that one of them go to bloody 49ers and we have to watch him rip us apart for the next four or five years till. Whatever. so one of those guys would have been exceptional, because then it's... Oh, I don't know. But anyway, there's never enough for what you actually want, is there? So in the Steelers, we as Ryan said, we were seem to draft safe, we're never flashy, and we don't make big splashes in, in free agency. We we've, I think we were up to about 19 guards at one point, so God knows what's going on there. From a, an overall NFL perspective, do we, do we think that a lot of teams, because they weren't able to get players in for there was very few pro days because most of them were cancelled there were no chance for proper medical consultation do you think that teams went very safe with their pictures this year Ryan
2: um, <clears throat> it's really interesting because obviously I'm starting to put together the sort of back end bit of, of the boards like where people went and stuff and sort of analysing a little bit um, it looks like to me like the first three rounds like people went pretty much with the general consensus and so my board looked pretty, pretty good and um, and then it went just nuts, like fifth round, um, just crazy, people just picking randoms. And I'm not quite sure whether that's because they couldn't get medicals on players that they, that you know, that sort of four, third, fourth round players that they couldn't, that might have had some sort of injury issues they couldn't get full medicals for and thought, sod it, we're not going to take that risk, we're going to go get this random. Um, there were some Odd picks, um, I thought in in that round. I mean, Chicago Bears had a few picks that were very very questionable. Um, obviously, knew the Patriots had a load of just very questionable picks in general, and they always seem to pull it out of the bag. But you know, when you go get a neo-Nazi kicker, um, you know, <laughs> um, expect to, expect 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 to get slammed for that. But um, but you know, it's just uh, I, I thought the first three rounds really sort of did play out pretty much. As the boards went, there were a few eyebrows raised. Um, the Raiders have come under quite a lot of stick for some of their overdrafting, but they're looking for a particular type of player, so I can completely understand that. Um, but I thought then, sort of, you could see that it, I think it did have an impact in the later rounds because there was a lot of lot of odd picks going on. To be quite frank,
0: what teams do you think had really good strong drafts and, and a couple that had really weak ones,
2: Ryan? In my view, I thought the Ravens bossed it, um, and I mean absolutely bossed it. Um, DaCosta does, you know, he generally does incredibly well. And um, as much as I personally hate the Ravens, as a because there's a huge rivalry between the Titans and Ravens, um, they absolutely bossed it. And I think when you've got a team that's so close to getting to a Super Bowl and they've, you know... Done what they've done in the in the draft. I mean, Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Madabuke, Delvin Duvernay, Malik Harrison, Tyree Phillips, Ben Breederson from Michigan. I mean, um, and then James Prosh as well in the sixth round. Like um, I starred a lot of guys that I just liked, um, and I think they picked up about four of them. Um, and you know, I think they had a really good draft, and really legitimately will will come back next year with a vengeance. Um other team I think the Cowboys did really well and, you know, the the board went really favourably for them. Um and they had the nuts to to go get C. D. Lamb and I think C. D. Lamb from a from a hobby perspective, I think the Cowboys are dangerous, man. You wanna get the Cowboys, you know, C. D. Lamb because of the way the type of player, he was very different to some of the other top ones. He's literally an outside touchdown machine, right? Um, whereas a lot of the other uh, wide receivers at the top of the board, Judy's tech more technical receivers. So um, that was great. Trayvon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, really loved Neville Gallimore. So they did really well, really, really well. Teams that didn't do so well, like I said, we say it every year the Patriots, right? Um, because of the way that they do it. But I just didn't understand this draft at all, even as somebody who was literally just read The War Room, um, which is a fantastic book, by the way. Um, which explains Bill Peletik's, um uh, how he's come through and the way that they draft and stuff. And I just didn't understand their draft at all. Um, the Packers, the issue of the Packers is Jordan Love, um, in my view, was totally overdrafted. He's a late second round quarterback prospect, in my view. But they then didn't back it up. It was just like they had, they like, we're just going to really mess with mess around with this and i thought their their draft was really weird i didn't like it at all i mean aj dillon is was a was a, a yards monster in college but he's got a lot of issues and then everybody else i just didn't understand what they were doing to be honest um so i think near the bottom to me the packers were were definitely near the bottom yeah i just
0: the packers down as as a weird draft um I like their I like their draft when they took Bradley Anna in the in the fifth round. He he was one of my my main crushes. I, I kept seeing him as on the uh, on the Mel Kiper's best available, like the second rated player. Seal's pick comes up. Well, oh, we're gonna get him. No, no, we're drafting another god. So oh, come on, man, come on, then. please take him, please take him. It never happened. Was C D Lamb the receiver who was sat there with his and the girlfriend took his phone off him and he, he snatched it back within half a second.
2: Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Two, did you see
1: that Dan I did see it yeah and uh, she's yeah. definitely not with him for them two front teeth is she
0: cool two front teeth By me you an apple through a letterbox with teeth like that good luck <laughs> won't need a face mask but them. Nash was protecting him but yeah yeah no Cowboys had a good draft the Green Bay draft was extremely weird uh, the Baltimore draft like I said they picked 28th in the first round where we picked at 27th, the Seahawks and there's a lot of people are saying that they drafted Patrick Queen because he was like about the third-rated player on the on the board. Uh, but a lot of people are saying that uh, that if the two players, if Patrick Queen and Jordan Brooks were still there, that, that Baltimore were, were going to draft Jordan Brooks instead of Patrick Queen. But that's the thing. The guy looks, as I said, the guy looks, looks quite good until they actually put on the uniform, alpha males and stuff. Dan, from your uh, from your pajama-wearing perspective, did you like any teams' drafts or not like any other teams?
1: Yeah, I'll just say yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, you give an example, just go with the yes.
1: Well, now well, everything. everything. <laughs> Me liking people's drafts is—we uh, all know I don't, I don't, I don't pay anywhere near as much attention to uh, to college play as, as what you do let's say you pair do um, I, I watch college football because um, I enjoy it but that's as far as it goes um, the only thing I could I could th- throw at it is what I've read particularly so and I'd, I'd say I've, I've read about the Ravens were a, a, experts I've read apparent experts I'm using air quotes you can't see it but um, um, the apparent experts are, are saying that but the, the Ravens are the, are the best draft Um, they had Green Bay down at the bottom I I think 49ers were were low down as well but maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong there Ryan
2: I I thought the 49ers in general have been slated quite a lot with the DeForest Buckner trade Um, but I thought that for a team that was in the Super Bowl last year to come out with a draft and a bit of trading and uh, the capital they've got cap room the lot, the works, like actually overall body over the last few months was really good. I mean, Kinlaw, Ayuk, um, is Biscuits, what's his name? Colton McVitts. Um Yeah, I think they did very well. They obviously drafted Joanne Jennings, who I was absolutely delighted for. Uh, he got absolutely slated because he did really badly in his testing. But <clears throat> um, for somebody like me that's watched him very closely over the last few years, he's a uh, uh, a committed player. He's a winner on the field and he does have a habit of getting into a few fights on the practice field with his teammates. But apart from that, he's a, he's a real competitor. So I thought the 49ers' mm. body of work over the last month puts them into a really good position to retool and go again, I think.
0: Yeah, the Niners, they took Brandon Ayuk, one of my probably five man crushes in the draft, which is always disappointing. And they've signed the uh, Huskies run about seven they on a unrestricted uh, free agent uh, drafted free agent rather so he's a decent player I think he could quite easily make, make their team I think it's quite interesting this year that so many look at all the mock drafts and consensus the same sort of players who appear in there so many players as you said from like rounds three, four, five, 4, that, that was mocked to go in the rounds three, four, five weren't drafted at all and they're, they're just signing as, as undrafted free agents now so it's, this year's a total crapshoot.
2: Yeah and I, I was um, starting to look like I said they're starting to do sort of digest of how well I did you know because that's what you do you don't just go well this is my opinion I'm going to grade this player you then look back at the board and then say well where did I go wrong here is there a particular position that I did really badly at, at grading here and I, I, I'm not quite finished yet but even just looking at it, like there's there's so many wide receivers that were left on the board there's so many cornerbacks that were left quite late and, I, 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 and cornerbacks that I had not um, graded as draftable got picked up. Um, um, so it was really, really weird um, in some respects. I mean, obviously, there's something that they can give to the team, whether it's on special teams or something that they were looking at. But I thought there was a lot of overdrafting in, in the fifth round and a lot of players still there in the seventh. And as you say, have gone um, undrafted and, and been picked up. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were one or two Maybe all three of us will have a look at the undrafted because I think there'll be some, probably some hobby prospecting to to have a look at in terms of the undrafted because um, there might be some value in a couple of those boys.
1: Interestingly, undrafted. How does it? I, I'm it's amazing that I've been watching the NFL for the amount of years that I have and, and don't particularly know this, but obviously they made offers, so they're just sort of it's just a sort of free for all, isn't it? I believe.
2: It is a bit of a free-for-all. It's basically, um, so to, normally what you've got is like by around sort of seven. So when it starts getting like you, you're you're making those offers, so you've got a guy that's on the phone saying, look, you know, come to Tennessee. Look, it's really nice. We don't have to pay tax in Tennessee. Um, so whatever you get is this. Um, we'll probably offer you like whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, 10 grand. Plus we might give you five grand up front or whatever. Um, and a banjo. Yeah, and a yeah, a banjo, some moonshine, uh, Johnny Cash's greatest hits, uh blowjob from Dolly Parton, um, and uh, and that that player will go away, and he'll get lots of fun calls from other teams, and then basically he'll he'll either a bit like with college recruiting, he'll he'll accept an offer. Um, there are other guys that might stay stay around for a little while, um, but th- this year I think so many teams were really well prepared and other teams were very slow to get off with their UDFA. I mean, we we literally went bang, 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 bang. Uh, mm-hmm. We were ready to go, and I um, read a, uh, I watched an interview with John Robinson um, on the night of the seventh round, and he was literally like, um, I'm doing this interview, but we are signing people bang, 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 right now, straight away. And he had to go what? to do it.
1: Is there no sort of, uh, there's no sort of, wage cap for it then because similar to if you get picked you're on a a salary so is there no sort of like essentially Tennessee can only offer me 50 grand but the Giants can only offer me 50 grand basically where I want to go and play kind of thing
2: there are restrictions Um, so undrafted you you can you get a a, you can get a small um, I don't I, I haven't read the new CBA so I don't like literally no, no, but I know from say from last year it was literally like you could give up to a thousand pound cash incentive type here's a grand and I think it's up to sort of like three, four year deals Um sorry, one thousand to, like to fifteen hundred one thousand to fifteen thousand signing bonus Um but you only, you you have a salary cap for all of your undrafted players which I'm not quite sure what the salary cap is this year, but I guess it's probably around about 100,000, maybe a little bit more, 120,000. Yeah, so you
1: couldn't, you couldn't literally just phone them all and say,
2: right, we'll offer you all 15 no, grand. No, you're going to And make then it... get them all.
1: So you've got, to, you've got to pick and choose who you yeah, want. Yeah, you're going you to
2: make a, a, a certain amount of uh, of offers, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, and then see how that, that, that cakes out. Right. right, OK. Interesting.
0: Yeah, from a... UDFA point of view that the Seahawks picked up uh, Anthony Gordon, the Washington State quarterback. What do you think of him, Ryan?
2: Um, well, we, we we had some discussions, didn't we? Because we really liked um, James Morgan, um, both of us. Um, I think that Anthony Gordon. I think oh. that he's probably. I I've thought he was a bit cleaner than Gardner Minshew at Washington State. Obviously, Gardner beat him out. Um, mm but i didn't think i thought i thought he was a pretty pretty good sort of guy to come in and and see what he can do um and see if he can develop into a backup um quarterback because i i think if you look at apart from herbert who i i didn't i never liked but herbert to a um and, and obviously burrow the drop off after that was so big that i wouldn't have expected any of these players to be Sort of starting quarterbacks, even in their second year. So, I think somebody like like him, he has got a lot of room to grow into because he hasn't got a lot of starting experience. So, we'll see. You know, it's this crapshoot in it when you when you, when you're outside of that top bracket of quarterbacks. I think exactly
0: from a whole perspective, is the value still going to be in the in the lower end quarterbacks like we were talking about uh, James Graham and. Uh, I I bought a few of the Stephen Montez cards. He's, I think he signed unrestricted with him, the, the Redskins. He signed with yeah. He's jumped on there. The, that's the lower end where you can pick up a, a decent Prism Auto Prism Drop sort right, of for uh, out of forty nine for for ten bucks. That, that's worth the investment of a couple of cards. Those are the only places you're really gonna over the three four year period. You're you're gonna make any kind of
2: substantial gain, would you say? Yeah, I mean we, we I mean this is that this is, you know, we've talked about and it's, it's a, something that and Dan can comment on really as well, is that we've we've all talked about like where's that soft spot in terms of being able to potentially prospect. And I think it goes by draft year to draft year. This year we've got a lot of wide receivers but there's a lot of quality in there. So if you you're looking for those strike one receivers, those guys that are gonna be gonna put the numbers up and as a few of them that got drafted and a couple of went undrafted to be quite frankly. Could have a, Excuse me. Bless you <laughs> that you could have a, could have a pop hat. I thought that the, the, the soft spot I thought for quarterbacks was probably Jake from and Jalen hurts and particularly Jalen hurts. Um, there's something about him that, that says this is guys, a leader, a locker room leader, thick as shit, but, um, a leader, um, He's gone through a lot of adversity, playing wise. He probably beat somebody out if there was a competition type sort of thing. Um, um, then he, so that he's he's interesting, interesting guy, and then <clears throat> ends up at Philadelphia with a banged up Wentz, and so he he could legitimately see some see some playing time next season. Um, Jake Fromm just had to wait, didn't he? Um, wait and wait and wait and I'm not quite sure whether both of those players actually ended up where at places where they actually could could develop into to banging players and that was probably the, the 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 big element to all of this is fit which is why you come back to CD Lamb I'd be lumping my money onto CD Lamb cards right now because the fit at Cowboys is just just perfect but that's
0: always going to be expensive. Isn't it? In breaks because they've got so many past stars that, uh, that pop out and everything. So Cincinnati could going to be extremely popular this year now. Obviously, the Dolphins. There's going to be some very expensive teams yeah. Um break times that haven't been. Tampa Bay because of, of Brady, as we, we said before. 49ers are, are right up there. You've yep. still got Jimmy G and all, all their receivers and stuff. The Giants will still be expensive because Daniel Jones is going to be in his second year and you've got Saquon Barkley there. Seals, really we're going to be one of the lowest four or five
1: uh price teams. I'd like to think so, anyway. So,
2: yeah, I think which is something to look forward to. what do you think, Dan?
1: Well, thankfully, we I, I'm hoping, despite Daniel Jones being in his second year, um, and Barkley still being there, I'm hoping that we, do, we uh, do sneak down a little bit. Um, the past two years has just been impossible <laughs> to. to to get hold of the Giants in a random team nobody wants to give them away can't afford to buy them in any decent product um, it's just a bit of an art now. so hopefully I'd, I'd, I'd accept just dropping below that first, that first tier of them, them four or five top teams that basically pay for the break and um, I'd, I'd take that definitely boys
0: right have we got anything else we want to add on the draft or anything on any other business so to speak Dan anything for you to bring up mate <laughs>
1: I uh, know, I don't think so, mate.
0: Excellent. Ryan, right, anything for you, mate? No,
2: I, I just think the hobby's really buoyant right now, particularly in the UK. Um, we, 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 we were talking before, We literally we're missing out on breaks. Um, so keep it up.
0: Excellent stuff. Uh, we might run a little competition in the next episode for people to guess how many days uh, Dan went without wearing proper trousers or having a shower. <laughs>
1: The shower bit isn't true, but you can include that for shits and giggles.
0: Shits and giggles, yeah. The family shower, is it? Tim bath in the backyard in
1: Stoke? (laughs) I don't actually actually have a
0: shower. Got a bath. So you've got no shower and you drink Dr Pepper?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're just a full-time hick, aren't you?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lordy, lordy. Excellent. So, uh, that's kind of all from us for this episode. I guess we'll be back with episode twenty-one in a few weeks' time. Hopefully, things have settled down a bit by then on the uh, pandemic front, and things are getting back to normal. Hope everyone listening is staying safe and all their, their family are. We know that the pandemic is touching everyone. I know two or three people that are, have tragically passed away due to it. Mm. So, like to hopefully everyone could just stay safe out there. Uh, Dan's going to be going off now to do some pig wrestling in his backyard. Ryan's going to put together his 2027 mock draft from high school prospects.
2: He's been (laughs) tape on. Seriously considering it. (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm going to go and have a a bowl of granola because I've only just got in five minutes before we started recording. So the the, uh, sacrifice we make for you guys. Right, gentlemen, been a pleasure as always. Final words.
2: Um, Happy collecting and stay safe, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening to us,
1: guys, and yeah, keep yourselves safe. Been a blast as ever. From myself,
0: Brian, and from Dan and Ryan, Uh, we'll see you for episode 21.